Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software firm based out of Virginia. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Dr. Steve Foats, founder of Teach Different. Welcome, Steve. Welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Um, to get us started, can you tell me a little bit about your history and your background and how you ended up where you are today uh, within your business? Sure. Uh, you know, big question, but I can sum it up by saying that I'm a career educator. So I educated different types of students in different environments, primarily middle and high school, social studies and mathematics in the public schools, in an urban setting, primarily on the west side of Chicago. So that's been a big bulk of my teaching career. And I've also got some experience in undergraduate, on the undergraduate level, teaching philosophy. So that's me. I say humanities and mathematics. Uh, everything came to kind of a discovery point in 2017. And in the process of doing my job, I was at a school teaching a, a U.S. history class and had a spark for an invention for a way of creating more engagement with students in class, which is always a struggle for teachers. You got to come up with you know, really clever ways and you got to keep changing, right? These kids are not going to sit and listen unless you're you're doing the right types of things. And that's that's where a a method for conversations was kind of birthed. All right. I I started using the method myself, uh, which really involves putting quotes on the board, really famous and deep thought-provoking quotes and then organizing students to talk about the quote and you know become engaged in something that's very interesting before you get into your regular curriculum so from that inspiration i started teach different uh and i left the classroom after that year and i've been doing teach different full time since then and teach different is a an organization we're located in chicago and we work with te teachers and families to help have better conversations with young people. So I'm trying to extend out what I learned in my context and my expertise and my experiences to help others with a really important thing. Okay, that's awesome. So what is it that you are helping teachers and parents? Um, is it like kind of adapting to the new ways of, of how, young people um, take in conversation or knowledge. Um, what is it exactly? Well, let me preface by saying in the last 12 years, here's the elephant in the room. With social media and the, the emergence of technologies, young people communicate in a different way than, you know, us old school teachers. And really, lots of adults that are over the age of probably 40, right? They, they, the, the phrase is they communicate asynchronously. So not in the, the same time. They'll send a text, wait, respond to it, edit it, 
and they're managing their communication in a different way. And that's what they're used to. Okay. So conversations, what we're really doing is we're revitalizing a very old experience that we all have, which is what's it like to sit down and face to face, have a discussion with people in a civil way where you're, you're listening, you're empathizing, you're waiting for everybody to give their opinion. Everybody has a voice and then you can feel listened to. Okay. Th these are, are, are proven experiences that help with all kinds of things, you know, whether it's engagement in what you're learning or even mental health, Dylan, like there's, there's research out there that says that when you're in a group and you're able to talk, it helps you mentally and emotionally. So that's really what we're bringing to the table. Okay. That's, that's amazing. I've never actually thought of it too much, but it makes a lot of sense. Even the way I communicate is so different to how my parents communicate. Um, and yeah, I thought everyone would adapt, but it's obviously not the case. Um, so what is your overall business strategy for um, how you get new clients um, and how you operate? Our strategy, our go-to-market strategy begins with public-private partnerships that we form with other organizations, primarily nonprofit organizations, Dylan. Teach Different is a for-profit company, and we work with nonprofits who have similar missions and want to support teachers and, and students and schools primarily. So what we do is we work with these organizations and we create projects and then go to philanthropic funding to support the projects that work with individual teachers in learning our conversation method, but it's outside of school hours. Okay, so we create projects that give teachers an opportunity to learn something on their own that can help them professionally without getting lost in all the noise and expectations they have in their school already with the things that they're expected to do. Okay, and that's a story in and of itself, what teachers, the stresses they're under and the 50 priorities they have to follow and how it all gets lost in the noise. We focus on middle and high school social studies teachers for these projects, because we see that the teachers that are teaching things like democracy, government, and the other social sciences are the ones that are most ready for conversations. Okay, I see. And how do you measure um, the progress of the people that you help? Um, what what uh, metrics do you use to measure the success of of what you are teaching, essentially? Um, a combination, qualitative, quantitative. Okay, you know we of course have pre-program and pre-workshop surveys, post-program, post-workshop surveys that drill down on confidence 
that teachers have in holding conversations. It's a scary things. Conversations these days are scary for a lot of people because you don't know what kids are going to say, right? So there's a, there's some hurdles that you really have to go through. And we, we've chosen that confidence metric when we're, we're giving our pre and post things. Another thing we have that is more directed toward teachers individually and personalized and private data that they acquire to measure how their conversational skills are developing. We use artificial intelligence technologies that literally can, if you can picture this, Dylan, teacher walks into the room, pulls up an app, presses record, has a conversation with their students, and then they're sent a report afterwards that gives them data on, okay, how many times did you talk? And how many times did your students talk? What's the ratio? You know, how did the students react to your questions? How long did you wait for your questions to make sure that they are speaking and not you? And just a variety of different things, Dylan. So that's that's the most exciting assessment tool, in my opinion, because what we find is that teachers, they, they don't want yet another way that they're being judged or evaluated, right? But if you give them something that can really improve uh, information that they can look at privately and then share with their colleagues if they want, that's the magic bullet there when it comes to assessment. So we give them tools. Okay, 100%. That's, that's awesome. Um, I love to hear that you guys are taking advantage of the technology available. Um, that yes. was going to be my next question is... So you said uh, for the past 12 years, this has been a thing, uh, but I can imagine the pandemic didn't help the situation. Um, I'm sure it made it worse because these kids were isolated and all they had was their phones. Um, so how did you guys adapt to firstly the pandemic um, and then over the last year and a half specifically, how have you adapted to the the advancement in technology? Um, with AI and everything. Uh, yeah, how, how have you adapted to those? Yeah, thanks for that. That's a really, those are really good questions. I mean, you're basically asking about COVID and then AI. So I'll just kind of break it. COVID was a, I don't, I don't believe there's ever something that's all bad or all good. W what COVID did, as you alluded to, was it kind of exacerbated and threw fuel on the fire of this new way of communicating and some isolation that kids are feeling and some mental health issues that are real. They, they, there have been issues that kids are still dealing with because of that. It was a traumatic experience, right? The, the benefit of COVID from our perspective for Teach Different before COVID, we were doing mainly in-person workshops when we teach the method to teachers at conferences or schools, and that was our primary mode of delivery. COVID comes around, sorry, you've got to develop the capacity, the, the new structure for how you're going to deliver what it is that you're, you're sharing with people. 
and coinciding with the need for us to get on Zoom like we are now, Dylan, we had to do that with everyone, right? But everybody else had to do it too. So our potential clients are also more amenable, amenable if we say, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom? I'll share the conversation method with you. In fact, we can actually have a conversation over Zoom and I'll model the method. Bring 10 people, give them the link. So it it um, streamlined and made more efficient the passing along of our expertise, which is a huge benefit for the company when it comes to scaling and efficiencies, you can imagine, right? But it's also, the kids are struggling, okay? So that's kind of how I, I view COVID, a good and a bad. When it comes to AI, uh, we're excited with AI. AI, I already mentioned to you how it's helping with the assessment piece of conversations, like incredibly. Uh, it's also something that we are experimenting with right now to help us generate content. We have a software as a service, Dylan, uh, and we're we have content that we're building that helps teachers uh, incorporate conversations into their own curriculum and give them ideas for what kinds of conversations they can have that can support their lessons. All right, we spent a lot of time, two years actually, building these kind of additional resources that we put you know, in our platform, in our online platform. So what's AI allow us to do? Now we can use a prompt that says, hey, here's a quote from Confucius about respect. Design a lesson plan where you utilize a conversation about respect through this quote in Confucius, and you connect it to the civil rights era in the US. And AI comes up with very interesting ideas that, that are creative. And you know it's all based in the prompt, but we're just starting to experiment, Dylan, with how AI can help us with kind of drilling down and helping teachers make what they're already teaching more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, two points on on what you've just said. I fully agree that there was definitely good that came out of the pandemic, although it was a agreeably horrible time for the world. Um, it's definitely changed the mindset of people in business and in general. Um, it's allowed me to work for an American company thousands of miles away in South Africa, for example. Um, so there were definitely good things that came out of it. And I agree, it's, it's enhanced that communication and the um, effectiveness of getting yourself out there over the internet, because you can just hop on a call with someone, feels like you're face to face, it's become so normal. This is like a normal meeting for me now. An in-person meeting, which I used to do, would be a bit weird now. <laughs> Um, so it, it's been a huge shift and obviously terrible things from the, the pandemic itself, but the aftermath has been, I think, cool for society. And then on the AI front, it's also agreed fully. Um, it's giving businesses and people access to tools that 
can just make things better, make things faster, allow you to do things faster. Um, still not to the level a human uh, can do it, but it, it helps you get there. And I think that's the biggest thing is having these tools to get tasks done in a fraction of the time. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing that's come out of this AI revolution. I agree. Exactly. Um, and since starting your business, uh, what, what has been your main challenges that you faced and how have you overcome them? Uh, main challenge, the school system in educate in, in America is a very difficult culture to work in as a for-profit company. Well, I would even say as a nonprofit company too, any organization working with it, it's extremely bureaucratic. Uh, if I can use some fancy language from the business world, the sales cycles are extremely long. There's a lot of committee decision-making. And there's really just a lot of landmines when you're thinking about how to make an impact, you know, in a very, very big system that's full of everyday, you know, leaders. I call them teachers, leaders. They're, they, they, they lead our youth. And they're with them every day. And so there's so much influence and power there and the potential for change. But there's a lot of structure to it. And it's hard to really insert yourself. Okay, so what have we done, you know, to get around this? It, I alluded to it earlier when I said that we develop projects outside of the schools and outside of school hours and find the right teachers that are motivated to really just learn something powerful that they can you know bring to their students and hopefully train other teachers to do so that's a pivot dylan i'd say just in general that's a challenge of our industry and our our market that we've gotten around by thinking of things in a in a bigger scale and working with individual teachers first then working into the school through these teachers who participate in our projects that's how you do it okay 100% i love that you've you've identified the problem and you're coming up with a solution to work around it um I love that. And what, where do you see yourself and your business um, in, let's say, three years compared to where you are now? Definitely through a round of funding. Uh, we're we're right in the process of you know building a pro forma and trying to get some investors interested in aggressively pursuing our strategies. So I'm going to say, if you're going to say three years, I'm going to say definitely fully funded with a, a seed round and, you know, proving out efficiencies and our conceptual approach so that, you know, hopefully everything is working the way we want it to, and we're ready to expand again. 
Okay, great. Sounds sounds good. And have you had any um partnerships or collaborations that have helped you get to where you are in the last four years? We have, uh, and I'll mention two of them. One is the National Council for the Social Studies, uh, which is a international organization devoted to supporting social studies educators. If you'll remember, I, I, I was mentioning that the teachers that we target for these projects are social studies teachers, middle and high school, okay? And this organization we've been in collaboration with for set three or four years. We've done workshop series uh, with them where we're supporting you know, educators in learning this method and getting better at conversations. Just recently, you know, we have developed a closer partnership, which their board is actually going to be reviewing in early December. Uh, it's call it a special project request that we're pretty confident in, but the hope is that we're going to be working with them as the main nonprofit partner to identify these social studies teachers for these projects. Okay, so we're excited about that. Um, the second partnership is, again, really recent, and that's with a company from California called TeachFX. It's TeachFX provides that technology, Dylan, I was referring to earlier, where it records the conversation and and allows teachers to you know get those personalized reports for the metrics on what's happening real life using AI during these conversations so they can improve their skills. TeachFX is the company that's developed this this software. So we're you know we're in kind of a a get to know you stage with them. And we're realizing how closely our missions are aligned as far as, you know, getting teachers essentially to talk less and get the students to talk more. And so I would mention them as well. Those are the two groups that we're really excited to be collaborating with. Okay, that's awesome. Um, love to hear that. And we are coming to the end of the show, but before we go, what is one piece of advice you'd give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? You always have to pause for big questions like that. <laughs> I'm not going to say don't give up because that's already in their DNA. So I'm going to say this. Make mistakes as quickly as you can and make sure that they're as cheap as possible before you think you need a bunch of money to do something. Amazing. I, I agree on that 100%. You got to get the mistakes out the way, learn from them and iterate your process and move forward. Um, 100% agree on that. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you, Dr. Steve, for, for being on the show. What is the best way for people to reach out to Dr. Steve Foats if you have any offers for them or if they're looking to follow your journey and your business journey? Well, I feel comfortable giving my email address. 
Steve sure. at teachdifferent.com. Steve at teachdifferent.com. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you again for your time. Um, it's been awesome getting to know you and your business. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate it. Thank you.